Thor Love and Thunder's Cosmic Cameos Explained. Folks, Thor 4 gave us more Thors and Gore Wars galore, but it's... <laughs> I gotta... I... Thor 4 gave us more Thors and Gore Wars galore and a heaping helping of Love and Thunder. The Thorth outing in this franchise takes the MCU from God-fearing to God-spearing with the introduction of Christian Bale's gruesome Gore the God Butcher. However, this film didn't just add a metric ton of deities to the MCU, it also revealed some serious deep cuts involving massive statues of Marvel Comics legends. And no, not Morbius, he is THE Marvel legend. Don't get it twisted. Now we're gonna break it all down for you in just a moment, but in order to do so, we have to spoil what happens in Thor Love and Thunder. So if you haven't seen the movie yet and you're worried about spoilers, well, leave now before things get weird. <laughs> right. Okay, let's get into it, shall we? Now, just like in Thor Ragnarok, Taika Waititi is back teasing even more major Marvel characters in statue form, kind of like Alf with Pox. Love and Thunder's epic third act takes us to a mysterious temple known as the Altar of Eternity. We initially speculated this place could be the Palace of the Time Gods from the comics. That was home to the Pool of Forevers, a portal that let Gore travel through time by using the blood of gods. And it was, in effect, a hot tub crime machine, which is legally a different joke than I made in a previous video. This location is actually the site of Gore's master plan to use Thor's stolen Stormbreaker to use the Bifrost so he can open a portal to the omnipotent being known as Eternity, who will in turn grant him one wish. We'll tell you more about him in just a moment. Inside this temple are massive statues of some familiar faces, ones that feel surprising to see even after 20 plus movies. These are beings of immense power on a truly cosmic scale, entities stronger than nearly any god we've met so far in the MCU. But who are they, why do they matter, and what do they mean for the MCU? Well, allow us to explain. Let's start with the statues on the right-hand side. In the foreground, we can see the Living Tribunal, a character who most recently appeared for a brief moment in Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. The Living Tribunal first appeared in 1967's Strange Tales 157 and 158. Its purpose is basically to safeguard the multiverse and preserve the cosmic balance. And honestly, seems like he's doing a pretty crappy job considering that we're in full-on Kang watch after the events of Loki. What? Next up, we see the face of what appears to be Uatu the Watcher, or maybe simply just another Watcher. These tall adult babies are basically the UN observers of the Marvel Universe. When they arrive on the scene to, well, watch, you know that some positively cosmic sh is about to go down. And as we saw firsthand in What If, Uatu tends to break the Watcher's policy of passivity and non-interference at basically every opportunity possible. According to the official handbook of the Marvel Universe, they are effectively omnipotent beings with power levels comparable to gods like Zeus and Odin, which explains why they're in such esteemed company here. There's also a statue of a celestial in this temple which gets destroyed during the battle. And while we saw two other Celestials peering through the broken window of Omnipotent City after Thor flicked Zeus a little too hard, this is most likely a statue of Arashem because he seems to be the HBICOTC, the head bitch in charge of the Celestials. On the left, we see the skeletal form of Mistress Death, who's quite literally the physical embodiment of death in the Marvel Universe, and the goth GF of Thanos' dreams. She's often positioned as the antithesis of Eternity, two dueling forces of life and death. First appearing way back in 1941's Marvel Mystery Comics 21, this metaphysical force technically doesn't have a proper form. Rather, she manifests as a skeleton so we dumb meat satchels can comprehend her vastness. As established in the Thanos Quest comics, death was created at the beginning of the universe itself. 
She's also in a love triangle with Thanos and Deadpool, which I hope is a major plot point of Deadpool 3, especially if they adapt the Deadpool versus Thanos series in which Eternity kidnaps Death, thereby wreaking havoc on the cosmos. After that, we have Eon as confirmed by that massive eyeball on the side of its head. This cosmic entity first appeared in 1974's Captain Marvel number 28 and was the child of eternity. So it looks like even abstract concepts turned cosmic super beings still live at home with their parents. Avocado toast, am I right? Anyway, Eon was charged with protecting sentient life in the universe and ensuring conditions for evolution remained favorable. It was also the keeper of cosmic awareness, an ability that let it know what is happening or could happen across the universe at any given time. Eon could also grant this power to those it designated the protectors of the universe, which it did time and again with the original Captain Marvel and Quasar to name a few. Eon would also give the protectors of the universe a powerful set of energy manipulating artifacts known as the Quantum Bands, which many speculated could be connected to the Nordimension bangles behind Kamala Khan's powers on Ms. Marvel. Now, with all of that said, there's a chance this could also be Eon's son, Epic, because he has his father's eyes, including the one on the side of his head. After that, we come to what appears to be Infinity, one of the most powerful beings in the Marvel Universe. First appearing in 1991's Quasar number 24, she is the sister of Eternity, and on a power level that nearly surpasses basically everyone else in the universe, except for the Living Tribunal. As her name suggests, she represents infinite potential and the space half of the time-space continuum. Alongside her brother Eternity, she stands in opposition to death and oblivion to preserve the cosmic balance of life and death. And last but not least, we come to the abstract entity of the hour, the man behind the altar, Eternity, who looks straight out of the comics when we finally do meet him in his serene blue water world. Created by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko, Eternity was first introduced in Strange Tales 138, and it represents the Marvel Universe as a metaphysical being. Eternity is near omnipotent, and in the MCU, he's capable of granting you one wish. But I should specify, Eternity is all-powerful in this specific universe, not across the multiverse. In the Ultimate comics, it was established that each universe in the multiverse has its own version of Eternity, and unfortunately for them, those Eternities were all killed during the lead-up to Secret Wars, as incursions led to the destruction of the multiverse as we knew it, which was then reshaped by Doctor Doom into Battle World. And considering the signs that the Marvel Cinematic Universe is also heading towards Secret Wars as the endgame of this new era of the MCU, well, I would say Eternity's days are numbered in this universe and all others. Now, the pomp and circumstance of this place kind of reminds me of the Enneads chambers in Moon Knight, and with cosmic hijinks back on the menu, boys, maybe we could also see the Court of the Living Tribunal in a future MCU story. That is the council where the Living Tribunal rendered judgment on matters pertaining to these elite cosmic beings, and all of the characters that appear here in statue form have been members of that court at one point or another. Maybe we could even see that in Thor 5. And while the court of the Living Tribunal is usually well above Thor's pay grade, they did weigh in when Zeus and Thor went to them for help after the Council of Godheads was brutally murdered in 2003's Marvel The End storyline. Of course, that's assuming that Zeus and Thor can put aside their differences first, but for more on that and the arrival of Hercules, check out our ending and post-credits explained video. Anyway, folks, there you have it. That is everything you need to know about the powerful cosmic beings of Thor Love and Thunder. We'll have even more Thor deep dives on Nerdist in the days ahead, but for now, tell us what did you think of the movie? Which of these cosmic beings do you most want to see in the MCU? And is there anything that Taika Waititi loves more than cameos in statue form? Build a statue for me. We will build a big statue for you. 
with my helmet on, with the big bendy horns. Let us know in the comments below, and for the latest and greatest in the world of pop culture, make sure you stay tuned to Nerdist.com.